Hello and welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. My name is Sharice Kenyon and this week's guest is Elvira Vedalago. She is a model and she's also the features director of Postscript, which is a magazine that's in its, I think it's the third issue is just about coming out and it's all about sort of representing women especially women of color in just a sort of with a new narrative really i first met elvira at an event that skin doctor had um over the summer i think it was called skin talk hot girl summer and elvira's there on a panel talking about you know her forays into beauty and i found i thought we had a lot of parallels because she grew up dealing with acne as did i and obviously i still get it from time to time and um this chat was sort of really great because it was more so about delving into how she grew up and the rituals that surrounded her watching her mum and her sister rather than you know asking her what her favorite beauty products are we do get into that a little bit so stay tuned and obviously if you look out for Elvira you'll see that she has amazing skin so yeah just stay tuned and I hope you enjoy it I try and wake up early though like that changes depending on how much work I've had to do the night before but <laughs> try and get up early um, <laughs> and just because I like to try and um, do a bit of reading before okay. I start my day it always puts me in a really nice calm mood like when I've read and I've just like got out of my head because I, uh, yeah. I can be quite an overthinker yeah so just um, having that time to myself is really nice my nighttime routine is more complex but the like mm. morning routine is just a good cleanse okay. um, and then moisturize what do you use to cleanse? Do you like a, a double cleanse or just a Not gel? Not in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I just use, at the minute, I'm using the um, Glossier Milky Jelly Cleanser, okay. which, um, yeah, I really like, which I, at first I wasn't too sure of because it looks like, I think the packaging like makes me think of Barbie. So I just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this looks like it's for kids. It is cute. <laughs> um, it is cute. It, yeah, it's very cute. Um, so... At first, I was a bit like, mm, I don't know if this is for me, but I tried it and I really liked it. Mm. Um, and my skin seems to really like it. It's just really gentle. It's um, so gentle. So right? Yeah, exactly. And what kind of moisturizer do you like? Um, so I I like quite heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. My skin just suits it. And the thing is, I think I've got combination skin. So mm. for the longest time, I, I tried to stay away from the thought what, like, was previously that if I'm producing oils, then I should just mm. stay away from anything mm. that's like oily or moisturizing so as a teenager I really didn't use um moisturizers it was actually worse and um, so now I'm the opposite I love them and I just like layer them on and um, so right now I'm using in the daytime I'm using the melanin go moisturizer okay. it's got like SPF in it as well which is good mm-hmm. and then um, in the evenings I love oils I know like there's a bit of like debate about whether or how much oil is good for you but I love oils like facial oils uh, are, like, this came face. up in um so when we first met at um the skin doctor event yeah uh, and people were talking about oils and Awoma, the skin doctor herself was like no <laughs> what are you doing and I remember you like, well it feels good and I feel like I need it and I think you just have to learn what suits you because for years yeah. like for years I said no I just have oily skin and that's that so I only have oily skin so I wouldn't touch anything hydration just sounded like too rich and heavy for me anything hydrating and then yeah I actually think I have combination skin so I'm like okay I need hydration in certain areas but um it's kind of like you really have to try just keep trying different things to sort of work out what suits you but I think um I have used oils but only at night as kind of like a deep hydration thing 
Do you use your do you yeah. use them in the day as well or? Not really actually. Like yeah. I use it at night as well. Like I don't um I prefer it at night. In the day I feel like I have used it in the day before. Yeah. Um, but I just like having it like on really, really clean skin and because mm. I do like a, a bit more of a rigorous routine in the evening. Yeah. And um, putting the oil on just feels really nice and my skin just seems to like it ever since I started no, that's a lie. Ever since I started double cleansing and yes. also using oils, like my skin has really changed. I had acne as a teenager, mm. like I was expected, but um, quite a bit. Mm. And it, like, it, like once I learned like proper skincare routine and actually how to look after my skin and what was particular about my skin and what my mm. skin individually really liked, mm. it changed everything. My skin cleared up quite quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's just about understanding what your skin likes, and it takes a little bit of trial and error. So there have been yeah. products that I've used in my skin that like no, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just takes a bit of trial and error. But now, yeah, I love oils. Honestly, like I just like gazing them. <laughs> I wish that I'd known about double cleansing when I was a teenager because I've had acne on and off, and I think yeah, you just go through this phase of stripping, stripping your skin, like honestly. Um, <laughs> From clear as sail uh, upwards, it's like oh yeah, dry there. it out and it's just red and tight. Yeah. But anything's better than the oil, which is going to give you spots. And it's just exactly. education, I think, isn't it? 100%. It really, like, I just didn't, like, know how to clean my skin mm. as a teenager. Like, I just use a, like, a face wipe and mm. maybe clear it. So, like, that was, <laughs> that was it. That was the routine. <laughs> and, like, but I went to, like, because um, I had, like, my acne was quite bad and, my mum took me to a dermatologist as a teenager because, um, like, no one else in my family, like, uh, went through as bad acne as I did. Like, red, like, I think, looking back at pictures of my brothers and sisters as teens, like, they didn't have it as bad as I did. So my mum was a little bit like, mm, something's going on here. Let's mm. see what's going on. And um, we go to dermatologists and they just prescribe, like, the most, like, like, like products that had alcohol in it that were just stripping, yes. like, oils from my face. And it just felt horrible, like... And it didn't do anything. It didn't help. I remember going back, like, reporting on the results. I was like, my skin just feels really itchy. Like, nothing's mm. changed. I just feel really dry. And, like, I want to, like, itch my skin. Mm. And the, they were like, well, do you want to deal with the acne or do you want to deal with the itching? I was oh. like, oh, I have to pick. Like, <laughs> like, there wasn't proper, like, education. And, like, no one even asked, are you washing your face properly? Do you know how to actually wash mm. your face? No, like, they that just... Would never, you know, that was never brought up. I think they'd rather... I remember... The one time I went to see a dermatologist and he really kind of belittled me in my concerns. He was like, well, I th he gave me a number, like a level that I was on. And in my head, I was like, I don't care what level you think it is. I hate looking at myself sometimes. Like I look at yeah. the ground sometimes. Um, but I think they might as well just say to you, you know what? When you're a woman, you can come back and you can pay for my services and you'll get the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just sort of talking about when you were growing up, did you have someone in your life that you, or perhaps even in the media, but sort of like whose beauty you always admired or you wanted to emulate or inspired you? I can't think of anybody mm. particularly that stood out. I mean, growing up, I loved like, I think Beyonce and Aaliyah. They were like, yeah. like in the like, celebrities. Yeah. Like they were the two that I was obsessed with growing up, but I didn't feel like I wanted to mm. look like them or yeah. try and look like them in any way. I think, yeah. um, I think I wasn't too like. I think as a teenager, I wasn't too. I don't want to use the word obsessed, but like I wasn't mm. focused on beauty. Yeah, like 
that much and yeah. um I enjoyed makeup and but I didn't really like try or experiment with it that mm. much I think I was much more focused on um I was like a bookworm and I love sports so those are the things that like that was my life I was like <laughs> I want to read and I want to play netball yeah. right. <laughs> so that was my yeah I didn't really have anybody that I like it was like oh yeah that's like my beauty icon mm. I, I think I learned a lot of beauty um, I learned about beauty and obviously beauty was a conversation in, the, in my house because it's predominantly female so okay. my mom and then my older sister um, and watching them because they were my older sister 15 years older than me mm. so watching them from very young and mm. um, engage in like beauty rituals I call it rituals because honestly the process of them getting ready is so long oh wow <laughs> break they, it down almost... break it down for me because I oh, never had God, a big so sister <laughs> Okay, so um, well, it's my mum particularly more so. So my mum's shower routine, like it's like it's almost like meditation. Like it's like her special time. She'll go off and shower, then she'll lather herself and and all her lotions and potions, and it will be like it's a whole process. And it's like she needs that time to herself, and she really, really enjoys it. And then it will do the whole like scenting process with all her perfumes and then makeup, and it's it's a real thing, and it's like quite fun to watch because <laughs> it just like she just enjoys it and she and it's like her time so I saw that from very young and then I saw my sister do um quite similar and maybe not as extensive as my mum but mm-hmm. and even how if you think about like even me as a child my mum getting me ready and um the process of like uh bathing me as a kid and then like dousing me in Johnson's baby oil oh, <laughs> that whole process <laughs> so I kind of that learned about taking care of your skin in that way as yeah. a kid but and so my mum like put so much effort into looking after herself in that way and um, so it wasn't I don't think that like I, I loved playing and all her stuff I still do whenever I go home because we don't live in the same country whenever I go back to Nigeria and mm. um, I go into like her vanity cupboards and I'm just like pulling out loads of things and, and honestly just feeding them if I'm honest <laughs> just <laughs> taking them <laughs> with me but she just um she just has loads of bits and I've always been like that even with my sister like going through her like makeup mm-hmm. stuff because as a child obviously you you kind of are you aware of beauty you kind of have toys for girls that are like you know like kid makeup yeah and um, but I never wanted that stuff I wanted the real stuff I wanted to go into like my sister's <laughs> beauty bag and put out all the lipsticks and try them on and um, so that was I was aware of that at home but yeah. I don't think that I was like too like too fixated on it you just mentioned obviously Nigeria and I remember were you, did you say you're half Nigerian and half Italian when we met? Oh well remembered, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. good. So <laughs> did it, do you think which side perhaps influenced like I'm guessing it was your mum's side um more so like when it comes to like just the whole ritual side of things, but did you get anything from the Italian side of your family when it came to beauty or I did. I think seeing my aunt, so my aunt's like it's quite like fresh faced and right. quite um just natural mm-hmm. I think and and I quite enjoy yeah. quite simple and natural mm-hmm. um makeup and look so I think maybe that might have been something okay and um, my hair I think my hair's quite Italian so um so you mean thick that thick yeah, yeah. And bouncy like <laughs> yeah I'm jealous so I think that, <laughs> um well it's uh, that's that's another conversation that happened in my house a lot that like the idea of my head my mum really was quite fixated on my hair if there's any beauty thing that my mum was on me for it was my hair and she was like you want to take care of your hair you have to cream your hair you have to do your hair like honestly even now if I dared cut my hair it would be like a catastrophe in my house oh wow 
um, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of like um, pressure and like conversations mm. put on my hair from quite a young age. Um, but I think that was like something that I was aware of from very young. Yeah, like in terms of like beauty standards that I mm. had to live up to. So my hair was the thing that was like the battleground. Um, right. But yeah, from the Italian side, I definitely think like if I could like seeing my aunt, it just was very like fresh face. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe that I picked that up because I quite like that look as well. But yeah. other than that, so when you call it sort of a battleground, was it because were you was your hair quite curly, or was it about relaxing, or was it about protective styles? Like, what was the sort of hair regime that you were encouraged to? Use? Um. So again, so from young, it was a uh, it was fighting frizz particularly because actually right. my hair is like wavy curly. So I would say it's yeah. like particularly tight curls yeah um and so it was really the long time about batting frizz but also about what um acceptable hair is I guess that yeah was, that good and so bad I, hair thing exactly exactly yeah. and considering like my hair actually is quite European looking in fact yeah. like it, I think it looks quite like Italian my hair looks like my auntie's hair definitely um, yeah. but there's there was still a conversation like throughout my whole life like yeah mm. school into like um like my career and work I've been working professionally and working wherever I did like yeah. conversations about like what my what the right type of hair is or the, or the way you present it so like mm. I just always from very young have had so much more praise for my hair when I straightened it yeah. so whenever there's like from very very young um my mum would straighten my hair for birthday parties or special <laughs> occasions or whatever it is and um, because that was presentable hair mm-hmm. and and if it was in its natural form it was about creaming it down and and plaiting it or putting it in a bun or putting it putting it away so it's yeah. neat and yeah. like composed yeah yeah <laughs> and then yeah and as the day goes on of course and I'm moving around as a kid <laughs> it gets frizzier and wilder and she's like your hair your hair your hair so there was yeah there's a lot of conversation around that and then like when I came to the UK again I my hair is I mean, I think it's quite European. Mm. In the UK, and there was a lot of conversations at school. I went to a private school that was predominantly um, uh, with white children. Yeah. And um, the conversation was like, "Oh my god, your hair's so wild!" It was like those kind of words. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like, so I, as a teenager, I thought my hair was wild. Mm. I came to London. I was like, "Oh no, my (laughs) this is very not wild hair." (laughs) It's just a weird word to use. Yeah, and yeah. it's crazy that that was attached to my hair, which is, I mean, like there are white women that have my hair. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah, there was this language around wild, and then going into like uh, starting to work from sixteen, and having people be like, "Oh, we prefer your hair when it's straight." Oh wow! Thank like, you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't ask, but okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hair is such a funny but, thing. It's just yeah, and I think a lot of the times. People are just putting their beliefs on you or, or their their concerns. And when I saw you, I was like, oh, wow, you look like you've just got really healthy hair. Um, but oh, thanks. That's what I think. I do think. Well, it's just, yeah. No, I was just going to apparently there are still statistics about if you walk into an office or a business still with curly hair, apparently, and this is curly hair, whatever your skin color you're seen as a little bit um, less reliable and less likely to mm-hmm. do your job. Yeah. Um, I've been on shoots before where uh, I've had like 
the I guess the creative direction team have mm. to go away and the management team have to go away and have a chat about my oh, hair because I always have this thing where before I go to the shoot I always ask them like two days before at least minimum mm. like can I just get an idea of what you're doing with my hair because I need to prep my hair for whatever exactly. whatever it is that you, you're going to be doing it yeah. doesn't just happen on the day like there's work that goes yeah. it. <laughs> um so and I'll always be like, do you want it to be natural? And they're like, yeah, natural. And I'm like, okay, I need warning because your natural is different from my natural. Yeah, you still need to <laughs> so wash I it need... maybe two days exactly. ahead or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, so I'll be on shoots and I'll come with what they, like, they've said they want me to come with natural hair yeah. and I'll come on set. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, like this isn't exactly like, it's really nice, but not exactly what you're going for. And then they'll go off um, and have like a meeting about my hair. And then crisis. <laughs> it's a crisis meeting. <laughs> <laughs> they have to have meetings. So I did a shoot where um, it was actually it was a maternity shoot actually for a, um, it was an e-com shoot for a brand, okay. and they had to go away and have a chat about my hair and came back and like mm, we don't think we can do natural hair or your natural hair for this shoot because we just think it looks too um, what's the word they use uh, oh what's, um, I'm trying to think it's like not like rebellious that wasn't the word but like yeah rebellious for a pregnant woman like a pregnant woman wow we want yeah and I was like because we're means you're a rebel and also if you're pregnant you can't be a there's so many things here that like I need to know what a a pregnant woman's meant to look like then wow exactly exactly and it's crazy it was such a weird it was so weird because I was like, you, do you understand that what you're saying doesn't make sense? Like one day, hopefully I will be pregnant and yeah. this will be my hair. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not meant to be that way. <laughs> no, like... no, pregnant women only have straight, like, sleek, well-groomed hair. <laughs> like, I just... As if we don't have enough, you know, rules and perceived, like, how we should, you know, perceptions of how we should look. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And I did, yeah. I did want to ask you sort of, how you balance because obviously you are a model and you also are the features director for postscript which is a really beautiful publication in in my opinion but how do you balance the kind of the bullshit side of the industry with you know the fact that you're making a living from it the enjoyment side like how do you do you kind of have to like meditate at the end of each shoot or (laughs) sometimes Honestly, like it's just, yeah, I and mean, it's a bit of a cheesy answer, but it's honestly just feeling really comfortable with myself and who I am. Yeah. Um, but I know I think that's so important because, um, so I've been approached uh, for modeling since I was 14. Yeah, I would say. that was probably the first time I was ever approached, yeah. um, to do modeling. And, um, and I, I remember repeatedly going in, um, and uh, going into agencies and they really loved me but they wanted me to lose weight and that was always a conversation from 14 and at 14 I was oh pretty small already um, but there was still a conversation about having to lose weight mm-hmm. and um, and that like they would want me and they'd want to sign me but they would need me to to lose I don't know to go down a dress size or whatever it was and um, I remember making a decision um, from that age to be like I don't really want to do that like I don't if this is a conversation from day one, like yeah. it's just not a space that I want to go into because I just don't feel confident enough mm-hmm. to go into that space mm-hmm. and um, hold my own yeah. when other people are telling me I have to be uh, another way. Yeah. So 
I kind of left that thing and I, I was like, I'm not going to pursue it and I'm not going like, to go into it. And even when people were like, no, do it, do it. I was like, no, that's not my thing. And coming back to it as an adult, I felt so much more assured of myself and so much more like, actually, this is who I am. Yeah. And, and if it's not right for you, it's not right for you. And I just won't engage with it or like whatever comments are made on set. Like if I need to address it, I'll address it. But I feel like I'm in a much more um, confident headspace to be able to deal with it and to be able to come home at the end of the day even after something like that when people call my hair rebellious whatever whatever things they attach to it to come home at the end of the day and be like they're confused like I'm I'm fine like but feel strong in myself to know that I don't think I could have handled that as a teenager and so I'm quite glad that I made that decision young and I'm I'm tackling it I guess as a adult and I feel so much more assured to be able to say to my agent like please tell them that like I'm a I'm a dress size eight, but I'm a jeans yeah. size ten. So yeah. like, they need to get bigger trousers. <laughs> like, I'm not your sample size. Like, let yeah. them know that in advance. Yeah. And um, because yeah, but it feels like the it, the industry. I mean, the industry feels a little bit more inclusive, and yeah, but and it's still very very slow to change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once it comes around to the the fashion weeks, I think that's when you see. Oh wow, it it hasn't changed that much. Yeah. But it sounds like you were quite grounded from a young age I, I know you mentioned about the books and the sports and for you to have make that decision at 14 like no that's not really the the route that I want to go do you think things might have been different if you were 14 in 2019 with social media being what it is do you think things might have been different or do you put it down to your background um I think it definitely would have been different like I do feel for teenagers uh, right now because they're just there's no escaping it you know what I mean yeah. it's everywhere like wherever you go I look at my niece my oldest niece is 18 and she's just on her phone all the time and she's not even doing anything like she's just just on it all the time um and and that's just the social norm now to be constantly on whereas I think um I mean I do think the time that I grew up in we were the generation that was just getting the internet and just I still remember dial up and like that noise <laughs> that <laughs> weird noise and you would know when the right like what the right noise was that meant you were connecting and you know when it wasn't connecting and um, so I still remember that but I remember I also think growing up in Nigeria so I spent um formative years of my childhood in Nigeria and I think that made a difference I see even in Italy actually because we live in we lived in the countryside we live in a very small town in Italy and um, so there was a real it wasn't it no one actually my dad no one really pushed me to be like outdoorsy and I wouldn't say I was outdoorsy I just loved to play I loved mm. to go outside and climb trees and climb monkey bars and run around and come home scruffy and dirty and um, and just allow I was allowed to be a child for yeah. a long time and yeah. um, up until I mean I came here uh, 11 or 12 I was still playing with Barbies mm-hmm. and I remember like like none, no one else really wanted to play with Barbies and I was like what I love Barbies <laughs> I don't want to stop playing with them <laughs> um, so I think like having the opportunity to just be a kid and be a kid in in however like where I wanted to be um it just grounded me I think and it, and I hope that that's having that opportunity and away from like I mean we had TV so obviously you saw like um we'd see like the way like women were presented on TV like all perfectly done with makeup and I think but I also think like growing up in my house as well like my mum obviously would get dressed up but there are days where she wouldn't and she'd just be at home and she'd look lovely or there's days that she'd wear really nice clothes and no makeup and yeah. that was the look yeah. um 
so I I just kind of grew up thinking that I don't know I, I thinking that that was okay yeah so when I got here um and was like again I just didn't feel too like I need to I need to put on loads of makeup and my friends did like I uh one of my best friends actually growing up she became a makeup artist she loved makeup yeah um as a teenager and I would like and I wasn't that fast <laughs> I was like nah it's all right <laughs> It sounds so um, freeing, though. It's just like one less thing to think about as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of when you did sort of um, start perhaps wearing makeup more or indulging in like skincare treats and kind of your own rituals, was there has there ever been a, a sort of piece of advice or a beauty tip that you'd always wished that you'd known? Definitely the double cleansing thing. Like when I when I learned that it changed my life. I'm not even exaggerating. Like it made such a difference and it made so much sense. And it like just just even the concept like, you know, like as teenagers we just use wet wipes, not wet wipes, oh, face God, wipes. Yeah, yeah. Um but even like I did that until I was in my like early twenties. Like we'd go out and you'd come back at four in the morning and you'd be tired or you'd be drunk or whatever and you'd just be like yeah like a quick wipe a quick wipe with a face wipe will do that's fine (laughs) and and that was just that was a skincare routine now like there is absolutely no way like no matter what day I am like before I go to bed if it's two in the morning if it's 9 p.m like I'm giving my face a proper clean but just that understanding that like you actually have to properly clean your face it's not that it looks clean it has to be clean yeah and and that process of double cleansing, it really made a difference. And I wish somebody like told me that's it. All these dermatologists I like, would drag around to about my acne. I wish they actually were like, Oh, you washing your face properly? Do you know how to wash your face? Um, and this is the process for, for like appropriate skincare. I didn't know that as a kid, um, as a teenager particularly. So that really that really made a difference. Yeah. Um, to my skin and I'm like now it's like I feel like I I need to spread it to everybody. I'm like, do you double cleanse? Do you double cleanse? <laughs> I tell all my nieces double cleanse. I'm <laughs> 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 such an advocate for it. Hey, have you ever tried anything that's sort of so? Obviously, you you got into the double cleanse, but did you ever try anything further? Like, because I think that's kind of based in Korean beauty, and they have like the no. ten steps. Did you ever go that far? No, no. I am also quite lazy, so <laughs> like I do as much as I need to do. Like this is the like minimum, and then yeah. I just like like just finish that. I mean, to be fair, I say that though. I do really enjoy mm. skincare um, more than anything. So maybe not a massive like makeup yeah fan, not fan, but like I don't have much of an interest in in experimenting with makeup. But skincare, yeah. I really enjoy. I feel like again, like I said, as I said that household that I grew up in and learning about like being skincare as like a ritual yeah and it's actually really nice and I enjoy like doing my midweek masks and 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 yeah like mixing things with the minute I'm putting and high I can never say hyaluronic yeah hyaluronic acid in with my oils in the evening my skin seems to really be loving that okay and yeah, so that I really enjoyed that process, but yeah, no, I haven't tried anything like too expensive. And um, I'm also a bit scared. Also, as a as a as a, I don't want to say a survivor of acne, but as somebody yeah. who had acne quite badly as a teenager, yeah, you have I'm also been... really scared. Yeah, of things like flaring up or like of just um, irritating my skin. Mm. And I have a, a patch on my face which I call my danger area, um, okay. which was as a teenager. Honestly, if I touched that part of my, this is the like. Wait, the right cheek if yeah. I t- if I touched it as a teenager it would just flare up it was just so sensitive 
Um, and I was just super, I've always been so nervous about like doing too much and upsetting mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to have calmed now that I, that I know or I seem to like understand my skin a bit better. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, so I am a bit cautious when it comes to doing certain things. So how does that make you feel like when you have got a shoot booked? Because um, obviously the makeup artist will be responsible for prepping your skin beforehand. Is that, do they usually ask you what your skin's like or are they quite sort of able to look at you and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to use? No, they normally ask. Um, yeah. uh, in my experience, they'll ask me and they'll ask what I like to do as well. Yeah. Um, or they might give me advice. Like sometimes some of the best tips I've had. Yeah. Um, or like not even tips, like just products that I've come across and been on set. And I'm like, oh, what's that product? It's so cool. That feels really nice. Okay. Um, and then I'll, um, then I'll run home and buy it. <laughs> and oh, what, it myself. So what kind of products have you discovered through your, your shoots then? So there's this um, cleansing gel, which I really enjoyed in... Uh, in summer it's like cool I think it's by Dr Miracle I have to double check okay. um but it's like a water cooling gel oh. um, and it's a cleanser mm-hmm. and but it, it just feels so refreshing okay um so and it's like this silver packet I'll send you a link it's really like it's really cool and okay. um, I really enjoyed that and um, so yeah the moment they put that on my face I'm like oh I forgot if it's still <laughs> good <laughs> obviously now you are kind of like with postscript you're able to kind of create a new narrative when it comes to sort of expectations of beauty. Are you on your th- third issue? Is that correct? Is that what's coming yeah. next? Yeah, coming this month. Yeah. Ah. So how does that feel for you? Do you, are you sort of kind of like proud that you're getting to kind of reshape things a little bit in, in your part of the, the publishing industry? Was that important to you to sort of show diversity and when it comes to skin, skin color, size, etc.? Hundred percent, definitely. I think we created postscript out of a frustration for like the limited showcasing or the the, the presentation of what it means to be a woman or the or how we see women, and yeah. um, in the media, media particularly women of color. And um, so there, it is it, such a I feel like such a responsibility to do that, and not even of course it's a responsibility, but a happiness and joy in being able to do mm-hmm. that because I think as women like we're so multifaceted and I know that I feel like that myself I feel like there's so many different parts of me and there are days that I wake up and I want to be super girly and I want to wear makeup and there's days where I want to be bare-faced and just like have amazing skin and just talk about skincare and that's that's the beauty thing that I'm going to focus on and Mm -hmm. and, uh, even in this issue that's coming up we address um, beauty standards thinking in relation to hair and women of color with buzz cuts and thinking about what that and the pressures of living life as a woman there and like what's assumed about femininity about these women without hair so um it's like I feel like so happy that I get I get to be able to do that and I get to in my small part be able to showcase like all the different ways of seeing and being Mm. um, a woman in today's society a woman of color in today's society particularly so you mentioned there about sort of being able to you know feel girly one day and be just have great skin another day and I watched, I think it went up yesterday, one of my heroines is Tracy Ellis Ross. And yeah. she shared her skincare and hair care routine um, in her own way for, I think it was Vogue. And I wondered, obviously, as I've said, you seem so grounded back when you were younger. But are there any women today that kind of do inspire you, whether it's through amazing skin or style or just their sort of approach to living their lives? 
like right now, like I, there's loads of women. I can name so many. I'm just trying to think of, <laughs> of why. <laughs> um, I mean, I love Brianna. Um, yeah. And I say that reluctantly just because my boyfriend also really loves Rihanna. So we're not allowed mm. to talk about Rihanna in my house because his love for her is too much. <laughs> well, I met my but, husband because of her. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, apparently he was on Twitter one day. I don't want to say leching because that's not a good word to say in this day and age. <laughs> but he was complimenting Rihanna, I think, on, on Twitter. And my friend, who was like my business partner at the time, said oh I know someone that kind of looks like Rihanna because I've always been told that I think it's because I have a big forehead and light eyes and I had um you know when she had the bob in the umbrella video yes I had that yes. hair um oh, so, yes. yeah so that. she was like I know someone that looks like her and he was like okay cool hook me up and um <laughs> yeah we've been together nearly wow. nine years so. <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing so you should like tell Rihanna that if you can oh that's god I will cool. one day I mean also he's half Bajan so I think he would actually leave leave me for her oh <laughs> well this is this is the fear with my with uh with my boyfriend whenever Rih- yeah. I know Rihanna's in London I'm like he's on lockdown because I'm like you need to yeah. just chill just close your <laughs> but eyes I, she, yeah she doesn't <laughs> exist like just pretend she's not here um <laughs> but obviously she's amazing and I think it's that uh confidence uh, that obviously she's incredible style and everything but it's ultimately a confidence um and how comfortable she seems in herself and her womanhood and it's really beautiful actually to look at and yeah. um, so definitely like mad respect for her um, I think skincare not just skincare and beauty wise definitely been obsessed with Tia Ward ever since oh my like gosh yeah. oh my gosh heaven <laughs> but she I think I I think I learned about the double cleanse from her if I'm honest I think I watched one of her YouTube videos back in the day okay. um, and like yeah and then she was talking about double cleanse and I was like wait what is this and <laughs> changed my life so oh. thanks to Tia Ward for helping me with skincare um, and then I mean just so many women there's so many like inspirational women right now yeah and they're like it's really nice and particularly as a woman of color to see that and to Mm. see so many so many different um women of color and i think not just in the media but social media particularly has really helped and really opened that up yeah and been it that opened that conversation up and opened up that portal to see um so many amazing beautiful inspirational women of color and that's been really nice it's been really like um like healing and like in a sense I guess thinking about growing up and yeah and um, not seeing like so many of those faces well definitely there. you oh. probably wouldn't see wouldn't have seen many people like yourself you know even like the mixed heritage um oh, you know I think it's just knowing that there is someone almost exactly like you out there and there's actually yeah. you know more than you realize just one final question um oh, this <laughs> when do you feel you're most beautiful oh that's a good question <laughs> um when do I feel my mighty spot I think it changes do you know what it actually is um when I feel most comfortable with myself mm-hmm. so and that just changes I mean that will change with mood and that might change with situation mm-hmm. um, but it just it can be some days I don't feel that good about myself and then I'll dress up and and put on makeup and put on nice clothes and then I'll feel really great and I'll feel really beautiful Mm -hmm. and some days I'll just be in sweats at home and and have just like washed my face and done my skincare routine and and my skin's glowing and I'll feel Mm -hmm. like a goddess (laughs) (laughs) so it just it just 
is in moments where I feel most like myself and mm-hmm. I feel most comfortable in myself that I feel really beautiful. It's not like an aesthetic thing necessarily. Yeah. It's like a like a feeling. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, no, thank you. I know we had some... It's been really fun. It has been fun and it would be cool um, now that I've got my own equipment maybe to come and do a, like a second, like a, a second catch-up perhaps in London. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd like yeah, because I would love to shoot you as well. I know I'd mentioned that to you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you, definitely. So that definitely would be really would. cool. Be I hope you enjoyed that episode with Elvira. You can find her on Instagram at elvira.vedelago, which is V-E-D-E-L-A-G-O. Do keep subscribing. It's so cool when you guys um, contact me in the DMs to say you've just subscribed. I really do appreciate each and every one. Please feel free to leave reviews of any episodes you've listened to. And I would love to know who you'd like me to talk to next. I also wanted to let you know that um, something new is coming. Um, It's kind of like some much shorter episodes that may or may not be called beauty buzz i'm trying to find a name for it but it's literally just me talking to a beauty enthusiast it's not necessarily somebody that's in the beauty industry or even someone that's well known i'm just going to sit down each week with someone that loves beauty whether it's skincare or makeup and we're going to talk through some of our favorite products that we're using right now as well as some current trends in the beauty industry so stay tuned for that and i'll see you next time